0: Welcome to Federal News Network Special Report. I'm Amelia Brust, and today we'll be diving into a topic that has been plaguing the Defense Department for years, but still remains something the military isn't addressing. I'm joined by Federal News Network Defense Department reporter Scott Masioni.
1: Hey, Amelia, great to be here.
0: So you've covered DoD for quite a while, and part of covering the military these days means just being online, right?
1: Yeah, I'd say a lot of it is being online, actually, specifically in social media. I cover a lot of personnel issues, and who better to hear about those personnel issues than from the actual personnel, right? So I'll go on Twitter or Reddit or Facebook and whatever. I follow people, privates, sergeants, colonels, ensigns, and the service members are really just like us. They use social media in their everyday lives, and there's actually a pretty big community of people on things like MillTwitter.
0: Wait, can you explain what Mill Twitter is?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know how people in a certain community tend to find each other online? So that's what Mill Twitter is. It's basically a bunch of service members and veterans and DoD civilians and policy wonks. And they all just talk about the military and stuff all the time on Twitter. So they might say things like my military housing needs repair or the army needs better uniform codes or I can't find childcare on base. The people are talking about basically their lives. The military is just a microcosm of the United States. It's diverse. There's nurses and cooks and truck drivers and everyone really has something to say.
0: So everyone in the military is talking on Mill Twitter or Facebook, just like the rest of us.
1: Yeah, it's exactly like civilian life.
0: And just like in civilian life, service members are being harassed online by their peers.
1: Right. And through some extensive investigating done by Federal News Network, we found this harassment is constant. It targets women and is perpetuated by other service members. And we haven't really seen a lot of response from the Defense Department. Despite DOD's recent promises to be hard-nosed on sexual assault and sexual harassment, this issue seems to have been mostly ignored.
0: So there was a recent incident that happened around this that gained a lot of traction in the military community, and that all started on Twitter.
1: Yeah, sort of. It all really started with a text. Oh, and before we get started, we should probably say that this report has some language and some situations that may be triggering for some people or for young listeners.
0: If you have children in the car, you might want to wait for a different time to finish listening to this report.
1: So this incident starts with a text. And this text is allegedly sent from a Marine to a woman who works in the Defense Department. Okay. And it's a picture of his penis, completely unsolicited.
0: And this type of sexual harassment isn't new on the Internet, isn't it?
1: No, I mean, receiving these kinds of texts is a common form of sexual harassment in 2022, So now we're getting to the Twitter part. This woman says, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. She gets on Twitter and says, it's simply too early in the morning for unsolicited dick pics. And this all happened around 8 a.m. on December 31st, 2021, by the way. Eventually, she calls this Marine out for his behavior. And now everyone on Mill Twitter is seeing this come up on their feed. It's
0: kind of going viral.
1: Yeah, it is. And in this corner of of Twitter, Mill Twitter, this is the news. And that's because this guy is pretty high profile online. I talked to a veteran who knows this Marine. He went by the handle USMC. So we can call him that from now on. And this is how she described his presence online.
2: He had really built himself up as a trusted staff sergeant of Marines. He engaged with popular and well-trusted military Twitter accounts to the point where many of them considered him a real friend. He positioned himself as like a digital mentor for younger service members, even going so far as a few times different younger junior female service members posted about the problems they were having with their commands. And he was always first in line, you know, hey, DM me, we'll talk it through. I'll get you to the resources you need.
0: It sounds like USMC was someone whom a lot of people trusted or who was in a position of trust.
1: Yeah, that's what we've been hearing. And as soon as this woman sends out this tweet, all of these other women start coming forward and saying, hey, he harassed me too. The veteran I talked to, we're shielding her name due to the nature of, of online harassment, but we can call her Sarah. Sarah says that there were tens of women who he allegedly did this to.
2: Women just started coming out of the woodworks and we were all either already following each other or we were, you know, tangentially close to each other with shared Twitter followers. We decided to form this group chat for, you know, everyone he'd ever you know, tried to form a relationship with, whether it was friendship, whether it was sexual, it was just unbelievable how many women were coming forward. We had at one point about 30 different women in this group chat, plus at least 10 who had commented and expressed that he had either made them uncomfortable, that he had flirted with them, that he had, you know, in some way tried to, you know, insert himself into their lives but they didn't really want to be a part of that group chat. So, you know, that's like 40 women, all of whom he'd been talking to for just the past two, maybe three years, you know, and every single, for every single one of these women, he then turns it into flirtation and making sexually aggressive comments toward them for so many of these women it's. (sighs) like disturbing to think about some of these, you know, even underage junior service women, he, you know, would find out where they lived. You know, they would share that information with him because again, this is a trusted mentor situation. So he knows where they're stationed, where they're going to training. Um, He would say, well, I'm going to be in that area at some point. Let's get together and get blackout as in blackout drunk. Don't worry, I'll take care of you.
1: Now, I I should mention that we talked to the Marine Corps, and they say that USMC is under investigation and refused to provide any other details in order to provide privacy. They also refused an interview about online harassment in general. But this is just one example of something that women in the military are facing every day, especially from their peers. I spoke with veterans, with current service members, with law professionals, and sexual assault prevention groups. They all say that this issue has an effect on retention, recruitment, and mental health of service members. One of the people I spoke with was former Army Personnel Chief Major General Tammy Smith, and she gave me an idea of what this environment is like. In the social media
3: environment, you are subject to a pattern of denigration of what it means to be a woman in the military, and a constant pattern of people who... Come in there specifically to put down or talk poorly about women in the military and minorities in the military.
1: Online harassment can be a lot of things. It can be bullying, hazing, sharing photos, using memes, doxing, sexual harassment. DoD doesn't really have a handle on how often these things are happening or who in the military is perpetrating them. We reached out to the Pentagon, and they refused a request to talk on the record about online harassment. And they also failed to provide written responses. But here's what we do know. According to DoD Studies, 1 in 10 active duty service members, that's about 119,000, report being sexually harassed in the last year while working. There's also one other survey that DoD conducted that found 30% of women who said they were sexually harassed said they were harassed online. However, this completely discounts the other parts of harassment we've talked about, like bullying or threats of violence. We also have to take into account that these surveys are self-reported, so there's many people who may not have brought up their harassment. So really, when you, you get down to the brass tacks here, there's no indicators on how prominent this is. But the people I've talked to say almost every woman in the military experiences this. I talked with Aaron Kurt Cuomo, who started not in my Marine Corps to combat sexual assault and harassment. Hello? Hey, Erin. Scott Masioni. How's it going?
4: Hey, good. How are you? She
1: works on providing resources to people who have been assaulted or harassed in the military. It's
4: definitely been seen as something that the DOD kind of is like the ostrich in the sand, you know, bury their head in it. They don't want to acknowledge it. And quite frankly, it's it's hard enough for us to get statistics out of DOD, like correct statistics on rape and assault. The online harassment factor kind of gets buried and minimized
1: we really have no idea right i mean i just want to make sure that you know there there is no statistics it's really.
4: really hard no there's really no statistics on this it's been really hard to kind of track especially online if you've lived it you know it and you know that everybody goes through it when we say 99.9 percent of most women service members or people that identify as women have been sexually harassed online Inappropriately contact for sexual, sexually explicit contact by superior officers or enlisted members. It, that's not an exaggeration when we say that. Like, almost every single woman has had to go through this. It's just one of those things that is behind the times for DOD. They just are behind the curve, but they pretty much dropped the ball on this.
1: And just to really drive this home, I talked with former chief prosecutor of the Air Force, Don Christensen, who's also the president of Protect Our Defenders, an advocacy group for those in the military who are sexually harassed and assaulted.
5: First, the military has to be aware of it. And I don't think they do a particularly good job of monitoring social media. And it's not that you want them necessarily to be policing social media, but I I think uh, too many leadership or blissfully ignorant of what's happening on social media and there's lots of things that should be in tune to about what members of the force are saying uh, because obviously will say things openly in social media that they would, wouldn't stay in the office place a lot of times and so you know when it comes to extremism s- sexual harassment misogyny people just let loose in a way that I think the leadership is very naive. For degrading women, it's incredibly common. So I think any woman who identifies herself as either uh, currently serving or as a veteran is opening themselves up to a barrage of harassment.
1: That barrage you of voices? that You're ugly. You're skinny. No one wants you here. You're never gonna make it starts to the- really weigh on people. The National Institutes of Health says cyber harassment has traumatic effects on people, including depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, and panic attacks.
0: And you talk to an active duty soldier about how this harassment affects people?
1: Her name's Emily, and outside of being a soldier, she has hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok.
6: Starting off this very early morning with a flu drive. Of course, we got to start it out with a berries and cream show. What is this? A Chuck's pad for ants? Oh,
1: she does these videos too. about what it's like being in the army that are actually really funny and self-aware. And she says harassment is dangerous for soldiers.
6: But a lot of people, it's, it could definitely be what sends them off the edge. And some people don't even make it to their end of service date. They just freaking kill themselves. Because it just gets that bad. And for me, I'm just an angry, I'm an angry f***ing So I hear this stuff and it just pisses me off because I'm passionate about my value and other people like deep trying to devalue me. I'm very passionate about that. But I know that gets to a lot of women as it naturally
1: should. There's also multiple DOD sources that show harassment is often a precursor to assault. One of the most famous cases is that of Army Specialist Vanessa Guillen.
0: As a reminder, Vanessa Guillen was a soldier at Fort Hood in Texas, who was harassed by a fellow soldier via texts and in person. Word tonight
1: about the killing of a young soldier from Fort Hood, Texas. Her family telling ABC News the Army has now confirmed the identity of human remains found in a shallow grave. Her death igniting protests and demand for justice. That soldier ended up bludgeoning her to death with a hammer. Her body was then taken off base, dismembered, and buried in three different areas. He killed himself before police could take him into custody.
0: We'll be right back with our special report on online harassment in the military. I'm Amelia Brust with Scott Massioni.
1: Welcome back to Federal News Network's special report on online harassment of women in the military. I'm Scott Massioni and I'm joined by Amelia Brust. We are just talking about how harassment affects women in the military.
0: You know, what's interesting is women have a long history in the military, even from the very beginning of the nation.
1: In fact, one of the first women service members was Deborah Sampson. She joined the army in 1791 and took a musket ball to the thigh and a saber to the head.
0: And DOD is making an even bigger push now for women in the military.
1: Women are extremely valuable to the military. Multiple studies from DOD show that they bring in diverse ideas, that units perform better with diverse opinions. Other studies show that women are good for readiness in general. It's also important to note that DOD has a shrinking talent pool that it's drawing from. Less than a third of people, 17 to 24, are eligible to serve in the military, and only about 10 to 13 percent of those are actually interested in joining. DOD recently released a strategy on how it can better bring in top talent, which means sending overtures to women to join up.
0: So DOD says women are an important part of the military and that all combat roles are open to them, yet in this realm... They are being basically intimidated by some of their peers.
1: What's surprising about this is it seems like DOD should be on top of it. The military's made issues like hazing and assault a top priority as the numbers continue to rise. And then back in 2017, there was the Marines United scandal.
7: Right now, we all need to be focused on getting better, becoming more lethal, working day and night to stay ahead of potential adversaries, getting ready for the fight today and the one ahead not hiding on social media, participating in or being aware of actions that are disrespectful and harmful to other Marines. It's embarrassing to our Corps, to our families, and to the nation.
0: That was former Marine Corps Commandant General Robert Neller in the wake of that scandal. There were 30,000 active duty and former Marines sharing naked photos of women Marines in online forums without the women's consent.
1: At that point, the military services rushed to get out policies regarding photo sharing and revenge porn, and some people were held accountable. But then everything regarding enforcement after that just kind of fell flat. But as we've seen through our research, this problem continues just in different forms. There are still communities that share pictures, but there are many other forms of harassment constantly bombarding service members as well.
0: Okay, so let's say DoD took the basic step of just tracking these incidents. What could that do?
1: Last year, DOD put together an independent review commission on sexual assault and harassment in the military. That commission found that without data, DOD is unable to fathom the issue. Without data, the panel says it's impossible to create prevention measures. Kylan Hunter was one of the commissioners on that review.
3: There's really not good data recorded on this other than the anecdotal data that we get. And, And that was one of our big recommendations coming out of the IRC is that when we're thinking about incidences of harassment, there needs to be better metrics about what happens online. It's often not caught and is some of the definitional issues that are there. And, and, you know, there's several things that contribute to this. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's, it, we need better data because we, we don't have enough to actually measure what the real impact of, of change is on this.
0: So why isn't DoD looking at this data? I mean, it's literally able to track every object orbiting the Earth the size of a softball.
1: Yeah, they really can do that. And one of the problems with this is that service members fear retaliation. A DoD study commissioned through the RAND Corporation found that 52% of service members who were sexually assaulted experience retaliation in some way. There's no numbers for harassment, sexual or otherwise, but that gives you an idea of the feelings around bringing these issues forward. Aaron Kirk Cuomo from Not In My Marine Corps says there might be some truths that DOD just really doesn't want to acknowledge about how rampant this problem is. However, there is a bit of a silver lining. There was a law passed last year and even further solidified by an executive order from President Biden that makes sexual harassment an explicit crime in the military.
0: So it wasn't even technically a crime before?
1: It kind of was, but it was categorized as a catch-all offense, like behavior unbecoming of an officer. You can get that charged for many different things. So in order to find specific cyber harassment charges, someone would have to sift through all these different offenses. Aaron Kirk Cuomo says it's still not going to be easy, though.
4: So now that you, the UCMJ has a distinct, specific article that it can be used to charge for sexual harassment, we're going to now be able to force their hand. um to, you know, have its own specific classification. And of course, you know, we need RAND, we need kind of these kinds of organizations also to put forth the effort and money as well to kind of track this because quite frankly, you know, some of the RAND studies um, that we see are more accurate than even what DOD produces on a yearly basis. So definitely gonna be a combined effort to get correct information to, to work from.
0: So there is some potential for future data, but DOD is nowhere near getting at it at this point, and it might take some prodding is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And that's only for sexual harassment, remember, not the other kinds of harassment like bullying and hazing. And it's only for cases that are reported to commanders and charges that are brought up against the alleged harasser. There's another issue, which is that it's really easy just to make an account on Twitter anonymously and harass someone. That brings up a whole other issue of leadership and culture within DOD.
0: We'll be right back with our special report on online harassment in the military. I'm Amelia Brust with Scott Massioni. Welcome back to Federal News Network's special report on online harassment in the military. I'm Amelia Brust, and I'm joined by Defense Department reporter Scott Masioni. We're about to dive into the issue of culture in the military. Scott, can you catch us up?
1: Amelia, you remember in the beginning of this, we were talking about a Marine who sent a lewd picture of himself to a woman in the Defense Department. That woman ended up tweeting about it, and that tweet went fairly viral. Yeah. Well, when all that blew up, despite it being on a high-profile platform, only one senior leader out of hundreds reached out and tried to rally the right resources to find this person. And this is after DOD put a very top-down, direct emphasis on assault and harassment in the military. That leader was the second-highest-ranking officer in the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Joe Clyborne. All she did was tweet basically, if anyone has information on who this person is, DM me or direct message me, and I'll get to the right people.
8: Well, I can't say I received any classes or training on it, um, and so. But but you know what right looks like, and you know what wrong looks like. All I know is, is that I don't worry about what other leaders do. I worry about doing what I'm supposed to do in order to lead the formations that I lead, and I control my actions and reactions. And at that time. I felt that the best course of action, in order, A, to shut this this forum down, to provide support, to get to the bottom of the behavior that I saw was not in conformance, what I believe our Department of Defense expects of service members, regardless of branch. And so within a limited scope, I tweeted the tweet that that I put out there.
1: Now, Clyborne isn't a stranger to online harassment either. She recently tweeted a photo lamenting having to take off her nail polish to report for duty. She says she was absolutely drugged through the mud for that tweet.
0: If you look at the tweet replies, one person wrote, At least 51% of the population believes Major General Joe Clyborne is an atrocity to the entire USA, with or without nail polish. Another wrote, I bet your cookies are delicious how are your vacuuming skills? And to be clear, this woman is second in command at the Minnesota National Guard, the deputy commanding general of the Army Cyber Center of Excellence, and she runs a law firm.
1: Yeah, and while she showed leadership in calling this out, not many of her peers are as tech savvy as she is. So let's take a listen to the former commandant of the Marine Corps, General Robert Neller, when that photo sharing scandal happened.
7: If you read anything I've re- written, or anything I've said, or been anything that I've talked about, you know, kind of the, the, the self-destructive behavior, mostly revolving alcohol around Marines, that leads to other things. But I'm thinking back, you know, I mean, why would not I talking about this? I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't have a Facebook page. Okay, I don't do social media. All right, and that's maybe my mistake.
0: So he said he wasn't even in the space where most of his young Marines are communicating.
1: And to the military's credit, in the five years since Marines United, senior leaders are more active on social media. But it's kind of like when your grandma's on social media. She's not really seeing what 20-somethings are seeing. And I'm also willing to bet there's not a lot of generals doing TikTok dances in their spare time. And rightfully so.
0: Right. It's not the main avenue of communication for senior leaders.
1: Yeah, but there is something that's missing, and that's an awareness, or as you'd put it in the military, it's situational awareness. The Independent Review Committee pointed this out as one of the main issues for cyber harassment not being addressed in the ranks. The report says many commanders simply say, I don't understand this, so I'm not going to worry about it. And meanwhile, there's this whole world going on without their knowledge. Let's listen to Tammy Smith again, the former Army Chief of Personnel.
3: There is a lack of understanding about the social media realm uh, by senior leaders. We didn't grow up in social media. Some of us adopted it later. And so we don't understand the experiences of young people who grew up and social media was the place that they went that was as familiar as going to ballet lessons or going to the playground. I mean, it's just one of the places that we go. So there is a disconnect uh, between the senior policymakers in what is the lived experience of the just what is our average age of our service members these days from my perspective the reticence would come from just the uncertainty uh, that's in the social media environment we we dominate we control our environment and this is not an environment that necessarily you can control from a military perspective so the reticence comes from that inability to control the environment in the way that, you know, this is what we do. Uh, And also in perhaps that generational difference in the individuals who are experiencing the harassment and interacting in that social space are the young soldiers that are simply different than the policymakers who have the opportunity to prioritize this in a way. There is a lack of understanding that is generational, uh, and the tendency to not engage unless you can control the environment and the outcome.
1: Because of that gap, the military's response to some online issues can sometimes be pretty obtuse. If you remember earlier, we talked to Emily who's a soldier with hundreds of thousands of followers okay. on TikTok. Friend, can
6: tell me that I'm the godmother of an unborn child? But I'm the godfather, really. Now to clean the depression den. I'm embarrassed. And then here I am eating a lollipop that someone left around the battery, berries and cream, sturdy stature like the handsome young man that I am. And I watched these two lovely She buttons.
1: posted a TikTok criticizing a fellow soldier who put up a video harassing women. That video showed a man with camo pants around his ankles and a caption saying that a female soldier was trying to climb the ranks. This is Emily talking about her video.
6: If you have a female soldier by some chance, how protected and mentored and safe is she going to feel in the work environment where her boss is posting stuff like this or expecting stuff like this out of female soldiers? And is he expecting that out of her, which is something I would think if I was his soldier? And then I went on to say, you might say, hey, people in your comment section say, yeah, this happened. This is so funny. This is a funny video. But those people are just as much the issue and just as f- as you are. And I said I would hate to think that he has male subordinates whom he encourages to think that this kind of content is funny or these kind of jokes are acceptable and all this kind of activity is acceptable.
1: A lot of soldiers backed Emily, calling her response well thought out. However, her command completely shut her down. She was forced to take down any videos with her in uniform and then told not to post any more videos with her in uniform. Meanwhile, there was no news about an investigation into the soldier who posted that explicit video. The army later said it began investigating him as soon as it was aware of the video, and Emily's command eventually reversed its decision about her TikToks. But some of the damage was already done. Many people on social media ask how they're supposed to trust their senior leaders when this is how they handle a soldier standing up for women's service members.
0: So there's clearly a problem here on multiple fronts that DOD isn't addressing. What should it be doing?
1: Well, one of the biggest resources we have is the Independent Review Commission's recommendations, and those suggestions include simply tracking the data on online harassment, which we talked about before. The committee says that leaders need to be better educated on social media, so that means training for commanders as well. And finally, DOD actually needs to step up and prosecute people for harassment. The committee says there's a large gap in accountability when it comes to actually pressing charges. Aaron Kirk Cuomo said the new executive order targeting sexual harassment may be able to help with that.
4: What really needs to happen is now that we have this specific UCMJ article on harassment, they need to utilize it. These people need to be held accountable. They need to use this tool now that's in their toolkit to prosecute them, to hold them accountable, to NJP them, to court-martial them, and ensure that a no-tolerance policy is known. I think for too long, this has kind of been one of those things that, like I said, was just in a gray area, and especially even to women. Things are changing, and as we saw having this article, it's not going to be tolerated anymore. And so the commanders, the units, the independent investigators who are assigned to these kinds of cases need to actually put their money where their mouth is and hold people accountable, use this tool, court-martial them, boot them out of the military, and say, you know what, you want to you act like this, you want to destroy our morals and our values that we stand for, um, good order and discipline, then you don't belong in the military. Goodbye.
1: DOD says it's begun implementing the commission's recommendations, but the report itself addresses all the issues of sexual harassment and assault in the military, and it's nearly 300 pages with more than 80 recommendations. The Pentagon's implementation plan for those recommendations finishes in 2027, five years from now, and critics say that's just entirely too long.
0: And meanwhile, women service members continue to be casualties while DOD is trying to attract them and retain them in the military
1: services. And Major General Clyborne reiterated why women are so important to the military and what DOD really needs to show them to keep them in the military.
8: Why would you exclude 51% of the talent pool? If we know also from studies that diverse teams do better, they're more creative and they provide better problem solving. We have women in our formation that need to know that they can achieve the greatest levels of success if they're willing to put in the work and do what they need to do. We're a meritocracy. We don't want people and their abilities to move and do great things hindered by A minority of people who have opinions that are not in line with the dignity and respect that we expect all our service members to have for each other.
1: But many women service members are
0: not experiencing that acceptance online.
1: That's right. And I think Sarah, one of the 30 women who outed the Marine who sent the lewd picture, really sums it up best.
0: The
2: vast majority of women I know who served in the military and gotten out all say they would never tell their daughter to join. They would never ever tell their daughters to join. That, you know, there were things about it that they loved, things about it that they hated, but by God, they do not want their daughters to have to go through what they did. I can't say how many women have gotten out expressly because of harassment, both in person and online, but every single female service member I know has experienced it. I cannot imagine that that does anything positive in terms of retaining you know the best and brightest these wonderful strong intelligent brave women who don't feel like they're going to be treated as human beings
0: thank you for joining us for federal news network special report about online harassment in the military i'm amelia brust Our program was written and produced by Defense Department reporter Scott Massioni. Find this entire report and additional resources on this topic at federalnewsnetwork.com.